0: Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode number 49. Man, we're cranking them out here for you guys at Let's Talk Dubs, and uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend, so I got a lot of stuff to be thankful for. I got, most importantly, my family, my friends, and uh, my, my people in my sphere, man. Totally thankful for all those guys, and I'm also thankful for the opportunity to do this podcast. I'm thankful for the listeners. I'm thankful for the VW community as a whole and the goodness that's there and the friendships that are made through owning these cars and becoming friends and creating lifelong relationships with a a lot of my closest friends through Volkswagens, man, truly the people's car. So on today's podcast, George and I chop it up for quite a bit. We talk about a lot of current events. We talk about quality of parts. We talk about the change that went down at Impey. We talk about uh, for sale ads. George and I have a pretty good discussion on this one, so hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Uh, don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you guys are looking to support the podcast, go on letstalkdubs.com and pick up some merch. Also, a benefit to listen to this podcast is go at letstalkdubs.com. Go to the blog page, click on the blog page, and you can follow along. When we reference some things, we'll put pictures of things that we reference. And if you guys have questions of things that you want to know that we talk about that we didn't reference, go ahead and post up in the comment section on the blog at letstalkdubs.com slash blog. So without any further ado, man, it's me and George kicking it, talking about a lot of VW stuff. So enjoy. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 19- What is up, everybody? It's Bill T. and George T. back at it for a Let's Talk Dubs update. George, what's happening? Not a whole lot. All right, George is on fire tonight, so (laughs) now that we got that out of the way, uh, on today's podcast, we're going to just kind of get up and caught up on a few things in the VWC. We're going to talk about SEMA for a little bit. We're going to talk about some things that happened at MP since the last time we spoke about some stuff, and there's lots of... uh, there's lots of things to talk about up to date. Vintage Volkswagen Club of America has a new po- a new uh, website out uh, for classifieds for selling cars, and we're going to talk about some some of the things that we've been seeing on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, keeping you guys up to date on the scene in regards to some of the things that we're seeing out there in the VW scene. So, George, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. What have you been up to there over at your shop?
1: Uh, plugging away at projects, just trying to get caught up, moving forward. Little by little in each one.
0: Yeah. 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 Anything new and exciting going to be coming out of the wagon anytime soon, bro? Um, I mean, besides the the dopest bus that shall re- remain nameless. So, obviously, I'm doing work on
1: the Bull Run bus, but I'm also working on a 6613 Winter Deluxe that should be pretty nice when it comes out. Yeah. Really nice. And that one's actually painted. I got a lot of cutting and buffing ahead of me. And then assembly on that one.
0: So that car, that that bus that you're building for, that's... Uh, Rich DeWitt. Rich DeWitt's bus. That bus will be... You think that bus will debut this year at Prado? Is that the goal?
1: Oh, it'll be at Prado. And also, so after listening to your podcast with uh, Dean Kirsten. Dean Kirsten, yeah. Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Um, My boy Dino. I've, shout out to Dino. I've actually decided to stop posting pictures of it. Stop putting Boom. work up. So, uh, if, if anybody's noticed, I haven't been active on Facebook or Instagram probably three weeks.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. A few people reached out to me after that podcast, and they said, "Hey, I was listening to your podcast, and I was thinking about that." And Hot VWs, you're welcome. So you guys can uh, thank me for trying to help. Take you it easy, guys. bro. It's getting <laughs> tough to fit in here with lesson, your head, less in They can thank me because you got to think about it. I mean, to all most of us in the generation that we're in, we like magazines. We like a we would like a tactile. You know, physical magazine, so we can look at for things, and we and we like to see stuff that's new and we haven't seen before. And so, the benefit of what I did by bringing that up and having that conversation with Dean is that because everyone's so used to getting things out on social media, everybody all of a sudden feels like they need to constantly update things. Well,
1: I'm gonna say, Dean. No, well, well, it, was, it was Dean's. It was Dean's outlook on it, especially someone from inside the magazine, to understand the importance of what the magazines purpose is with the way he was saying um the magazine should inspire you to get out into the garage i'm sounding pretty funky my cans by the way um it should inspire you to get out into the garage regardless if it's a tech article or you're inspired by what you're seeing that's the magazine's job and it was his observation that by the time you leave a show there's 200 pictures posted and that is the honest truth like when we went to vw's invade the dam this weekend. And when I was on social media, not posting, but just, just scanning, there was probably 50, 60 things in my feed of just VW's Invade the Damn 2019 yeah. November.
0: People were asking me if I'd go. I don't need to go. I would just look at Facebook from well, where I'm at. So to me,
1: it's about the experience of hanging out with my friends.
0: <laughs> no, I had the experience. I was hanging out with my friends over by the Grand Canyon, as you guys saw. Let's Talk dubs is bringing it to you from the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. But... Back to what I was saying about how great I am. So everybody yeah. buckle up and listen to this. But my point was not that how great I am because we all know, you know, that I'm pretty good. Um, just kidding. But the principle of keeping your stuff off social media, if you want it to be in the magazine. And, and what, if
1: you want that wow factor also. you yeah. know, it, When when you post up so many detailed shots of this and that and whatnot. and uh, I, Actually, I'll take that back. The detailed shots I think would be kind of cool because when are people ever going to see that thing on a lift? and appreciate it for the work of art it is. So those kind of pictures I wouldn't mind, but all the, you know, the distant shots where you see the whole thing as, a, as an entire package, I, I think that's where the problem well, is
0: going to be. it's all connected. Yeah. Because here's the deal. Whether you've seen the detail shots or not, if you've seen the car before, you're much less enthused to look at the details of it. You're like, oh yeah, I've seen it. Because the first thing that grabs your visual impact is the stance, the look, the wheels, that whole thing. And then you want to get a little closer and check it out. And... You know, I think whether you – the fact of not seeing it before, so my hope is that um, my goal, and I told Buddy on my split, I said, don't post any pictures of my split. There hasn't been any pictures posted of my split. There's some on DBK Vegas before, like before it was even torn apart uh, a few years back. And there's a few pictures of it then, and then Buddy and I were talking. He goes, hey, um, you want me to post pictures of the split? I said, no, don't post any pictures because – my goal, this is my goal. My goal is that that car is featured before it's debuted and that when I show it, the month that I show it is the same month that comes out in the magazine. Now, if the magazine can make that happen, that's great. It does two things. It keeps the suspense about your car going on. Everybody knows it's coming up. And then also it makes the magazine more relevant. I think when the magazines are coming out and the stuff that they're featuring in the magazine is you know, six months later, eight yeah. months later, whatever. Well, it was pretty
1: cool that Heb was on the cover of Hot VWs when it was at Prado, and that was the yeah. first time I had seen it in person. No, no, it I'm ma- sure that's the first time a lot of people had saw that, and that is kind of cool to have that timing done. Yeah, so it makes well. a big difference. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, you get these little sneak peek shots of it and whatnot, but uh, I think that makes a big difference. So, I mean, all joking aside and everything, I think really, if you're building a car and you and you really want to keep that that impact, because part of the problem is. If you're putting little sneak peek pictures of your car, this, that, whatever, then, it, listen, everybody steals ideas from everybody else, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit also, but, you know, n- there's pretty much nothing is original because you can trace it down to who did what, when, back in this day and that day and whatever, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, but, you know, because a few minutes ago we were trying to I I, I received a, a letter from a listener, and they said An uh, email? an email. It's a letter. I was about to say someone took it's a pen to pad. It's a letter, bro. It's an electronic letter. So someone sent me an electronic letter, and they were like, "Hey, you know, the, this guy's around our age, and he says he's just getting back in the scene. And he says probably the biggest, the biggest thing that he's seen that changed the game so much that that's had the biggest impact so far recently in regards to the style of Volkswagens recently is the narrowed beam." And he's like, you should look up the history of the narrow beam and stuff like that. And so we were kind of George and I were kind of messing around before the podcast, looking up some information, trying to pinpoint the beginnings of the narrow beam. Which we're going to get to the bottom of that, and we'll try to get, dig up all the history and validate who did the first narrowed beam. But it's kind of difficult to do because it comes from as we were discussing, and I made a phone call to Adam Wick. We
1: hit the bat phone.
0: Yeah, I hit the bat Adam Wick phone. Answered. And Wick Give answered. Give us some
1: uh, relevant information from nineties. But you
0: know, our our thought went like, Oh, who did it first? Who did it first? And I mm-hmm. said, Well it probably came from drag racing because they had those aluminum beams and we kind of validated that. And uh we're gonna get to the bottom of that, but but the fact of the matter is everybody, you know, there you, you can talk to fifteen people and they'll say they're the first ones that narrowed a beam, but really yeah. they were narrowing them for drag racing years before I mean several years before they were on the streetcars because there was this thought of I don't know what the deal was. It's funny, like everybody was scared to run to run no shocks Cause a lot of those drag beams have no shocks mm-hmm. and now most narrow beams have no shocks.
1: Well, that's if you're going beyond, if you're going beyond four inches and you're doing a plate side, like, like the ones I made, anything I do five or six inch narrowed is, is no shock tower, but you got guys like Russell out there. He can build them four. He, he can do, he told me all the way up to seven with a shock tower, which is, pretty no, no, nuts no, but that's
0: not, that's not the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is the thought process was you couldn't narrow it cause the shock is in the way. Yeah. And now, I would say 60% of the people, at a minimum, if not 75% of the people, are running narrowed beams with no shocks. And everybody was so scared to have the shock because the thought, I think the visual thought process was the shock was actually holding the car up to some degree other than just taking the suspension. But I think that's just the way people thought about it. I'll tell you another thing
1: I noticed in most of the 6-inch narrowed beams that I do, that obviously do not ride, do, do not have the ability to hold shocks, the torsion is so short at that point. That it's so much stiffer, you really don't need the shock, and it's not true. bouncy. It's not; it, it actually feels not like true. a four inch with shock on it. Yeah, because the fact you've just taken two inches, and it's just a matter of leverage. Yeah, the closer you get sense. to that center point, the stiffer that spring is. Makes sense. The further out you are, the softer it is, the sloppier it is. The more it's going to need that shock to correct it.
0: So, we're talking about uh, the we're talking about ideas. Who did who did what first? Who came up with what idea? And then during SEMA, we saw a little bit of that, that that there was a little, those of you that know are in the know, and there was some blasting going out on Instagram back and forth between a couple of people about who did what first and some things like that. But um, I can tell you now, there's no original
1: idea out there on a car. It's all been done. <laughs> I'll put money on that. If you're talking about dudes in the 70s that were making some radical, crazy cars from the guys in the 80s who did the full blown out builds. And then when you get into the 90s and 2000s, there's too much to pull from. Everything's been done.
0: Well, and most things like art, all those things, one begets another thing and it just continues to keep going. Right. For example, I was listening to a podcast earlier with um, Pete, Peter Brock. Peter Brock is the guy that worked for Carroll Shelby. He's actually here in Vegas. Um, I actually want to do a podcast with him, even though he's not really connected to Volkswagen. I just want to get that guy on podcast. Just He's got so much history. but. was talking to him and, and someone was asking him questions about aerodynamics because that was his big deal with aerodynamics. And he studied aerodynamics, but he talks about the fastback design and the aerodynamics. His inspiration all came from airplane designers and what they did for aerodynamics and how he translated that into cars. But he says, you know, everybody wants to say they're the first one that did it, but he like traced it back to this German von something guy that did this thing with the with an airplane and it was like a, a, it was a fastback design with a short end and all that kind of stuff. And he talks about the closest thing you had to that at the time was like a Jaguar, but it still didn't have a snubbed rear end like they do now. But point me point being is that everything is inspiring of something else, whether it's things in nature that inspire things that are mechanical or whatever the case is. So I think sometimes people get, um, maybe they want,
1: well, this is the first generation. Well, everything was first, like first, like first one to comment on a video. The person's comment would be first.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, true.
1: (laughs) Everybody just racing to be the first. First of all, we're not sure. Well,
0: okay. So you look, so you look at that, right? And so uh, that's maybe something societal we talk about, like people that camp out for the iPhone. I don't, I I never understand that. It's like, just Mm -hmm. go three days later and get the freaking iPhone. People go to a
1: movie on premiere night.
0: uh -uh, Don't want to see it. I did that, bro. And if any of my listeners out there are like some mega fans of some stuff, and you guys go to like the midnight showing of one of those movies, I went with my teenage daughter to like the Twilight one. And I'm telling you right now, I, I looked around and I thought. I could tell you in 10 minutes Bill was <laughs> asleep. I was there and not listen, besides being asleep, no, I couldn't be asleep because I was concerned about all the people that I was there in the movie with. Like the people that are there on day one that are that impatient that on day one they're like the mega fans of a of a movie series mm-hmm. or something and there were some strange cats and oh, i yeah. mean they were like it was one of those things where it's like it's a midnight showing you're only going to get the strange cats
1: out the no, fact you were you no, and ronnie no. were there kind of weird the,
0: it's the first one it's the first one in a series it was like the 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 uh but the catch fire girl what's it called the oh, hunger, Ma- games. hunger games right it was hunger games but here it was super lame bro like they're clapping someone comes on screen they start clapping I'm like they can't hear you you know just it was just a strange experience for me but the point being that you know in today's day and age everybody's everybody's in such a rush to be the first to get something that everyone else will have tomorrow and it makes absolutely no difference I mean and now bringing it back to cars I had a friend of mine that bought uh 2008 Dodge Challenger when they came out right the brand new Dodge Challenger in 2008 they came out with that car 5.7 and it had uh, was it only available in automatic only available in automatic I can't remember automatic or manual then in 2006 they came out with it and it was like first year was 2008 then 2009 came out with a 6.1 liter 6 speed manual and all kinds of stuff so five years later, my buddy that bought one, he's like, "Oh yeah, I got a first year. It's in the garage, and I want thirty five thousand for." It. I'm like, "That's that's more than the newer ones I'm going for." Yeah, but mine's a first year, and it's like, to get the first of the first one, he paid through the nose for it, mm-hmm. and it was like, it's the first one's usually like the sucky one, yeah. you know. And so, it's it's always it's always interesting that people take that approach when you're buying and building old restored cars it's like trying to find the oldest the first the you know what Christian Grunman's out there doing trying to find the the prototype of the prototype you know what i mean so um he's uh he, he he's going for the first of stuff that's already been produced so that's one thing but to be like the guy in a rush to be to buy the first one is yeah it's always interesting so i have a
1: customer who bought the uh latest Z06 not not the newest body style mid engine but the one before that And it was supposed to be a limited run and all the stuff. And it was supposed to be one of 450, I think he told me. And they released 4,500 or something like that. So he's like, it's not worth anything now. And he bought it because they were telling him, you know, limited run and this and that. So when the new vet came out, they contacted him and said, hey, we have one here. We know you're on the list. And he's like, no, I'll wait.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm over. I'll wait. Yeah.
1: Don't need to be the first because the next year, like you said, there's going to be improvements. It will be better, technically better mechanically better
0: right yeah no no i mean y- you learn from stuff like that i'm trying to think if there's anything that i was no, let's let's go to, to the impy and this will be a good segue well, into
1: the next one so impy when they first came out <clears throat> with the hpmx carbs they were hot garbage couldn't get them to run right i mean just problem after problem after problem
0: yeah
1: and then they got better and better and better as they went on in production and they figured out the mistakes they were making I have HPMXs on my motor and it's been together since 11 and I don't have carburetor problems. Yeah, we're going to talk about MP in a second because well, well, that was my segue. That,
0: that, that's your segue, but I, I, we, we didn't touch on the SEMA show. So we got to talk, we got to talk about the SEMA show. So we, we went to SEMA show. And for those of you guys that don't know what the SEMA show is, so the SEMA show is a specialty equipment market association out here in Las Vegas. It is the biggest automotive exhibition, uh, It's it's for all the people that manufacture anything for automotive. It's in the largest convention center in the world, and it's been going on here in Vegas since the 60s, and maybe even sooner than that. And it literally has anything and everything automotive. I mean, there's different levels to where you can find Chinese. like There's little small Chinese booths where you can buy LEDs, jumper boxes, but it's a trade show, right? So to get in, you can't just show up and get in and... uh we, you're supposed
1: to be in, in the automotive industry in yeah. some way, shape, or form to get into the building. You're, you're
0: an automotive industry individual, and you have to have a badge to get in. And then getting in, it's like, it. <laughs> now that we've done it, so we've been doing this, what, 15, 16 years we've been yeah. going uh, to the scene. It happens field. in our
1: backyard, so it's pretty easy for us. Yeah,
0: so we'd, we'd figure out to get in whether we got in from a badge from a, uh, like, a like a worker that works there on the grounds. Yeah. Or, I mean, back in the day, we used to phony up badges to get in there. And all kind of stuff, and then we have companies, so we get company badges now. But going there, it's like you're super hyped to get there, and then you get there, and it's like so much walking. Like you literally, it's like you're preparing to go on a hike. So you got to make sure yeah. you're wearing the right shoes, the right clothes. Can't have too much weight on you. you got everything's got to be lightweight. You got to bring your your uh, your dried food to eat. You know, your dehydrated food.
1: <laughs> After years of team I've, I've kind of got it figured out. Don't pick yeah. up a bag. Don't pick up all the free <laughs> stuff people hand you because then you just got to uh, pack. You're carrying yeah. with you all day. Um, I don't take pictures of anything when I'm there unless it's some unless it's small details that I want to grab and, and check out later because if I want to see it, it's going to be on Instagram or yeah, wherever but, later on. You know, you know,
0: my my thing is I try to, and that's part of the tough thing about going to SEMA. It's like there's so many freaking people. It's something
1: there. you should have a week to do, and we usually try to knock it out in a day.
0: Yeah, we well it, it <laughs> Just always so ends you can't. up because because I'm because I'm here and I'm working, so it's like yeah. oh you know what I'll go Wednesday and I've got my badge for the whole week. And then usually I get about nine, I had nine people this week, this last week, reach out to me like, Hey, can I use your badge? Are you going to be needing your badge? Can I get that badge from you? Whatever. And I was just kind of like, they said, do you have an extra ticket? And I'm like, it's not a ticket. It's a badge. And the problem about loaning your badge is some people think you're being stingy with the badge. If I let somebody go in there with my badge and they're cruising around and then they start scanning everything. Now I get 40 million spam emails from 50 companies and it's just a whole ordeal. And then, you know, you know, you never there's know.
1: The, there's the there's the bad sharing etiquette right there. Don't yeah. scan. Don't scan. Don't scan. Period. I don't care if you want the poster. Yeah. Don't scan my badge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, a lot of a lot of people. Some of the should be I, sharing the badge anyway. Some but of the. Th- th- hey, yeah, you're not supposed. My to, name was so Bruno, Bruno this year, by the way. <laughs> hey, Bruno. <laughs> hey, Bruno. A <laughs> uh, Bruno. You are going to the? Yeah. So I didn't get George's badge, and uh, uh, yeah, apologize. George, George, have yeah, the badge. Kingpin next pin year. let me down. Don't worry. But I got. But we got you in right. We did. We got you in. So. One of the funny things about going to SEMA is, uh, all, my goal to go th- to go there was like snap pictures of every Volkswagen that I saw there because VWs are re- very relevant and they're usually scattered throughout, and there are so many VWs there. Um, and
1: I'll but, tell you, for as long as we were, we've been going to that show, they're never very common though. You never see no, a lot of VWs. There's obviously whatever the hot ticket is in the new market, and then mostly the older stuff is Mustangs and. Yeah, it's but, not too often you see VWs,
0: but there, the recently over the past few years that the VWs have been encroaching more because it's becoming because of the demographic I believe because the yeah. age of the the age of the the VW enthusiast is getting where it's your you know your peak income earners and and those are guys that are buying stuff. So um, one of the cars that we saw there was a guy Robert Wilson had a super clean notchback, and he had it over at um, it was an Optimus booth. And it was uh, that's a pretty cool booth to get your yeah. car into,
1: by the way. That's a big yeah. booth. It's a, uh, yeah, that was, they're not letting any chump in the Optima booth. So
0: it, it's a very clean car. It's a super slick notch back. And do you
1: think that's anthracite or is that that destroyer gray from the modern, uh, d- modern Dodge? I don't,
0: I don't, I don't think it's, an, I don't think it's anthracite. It's I a think little it's destroyer gray. It's a little too, um, it looks a little too pale less, yeah. a little less gray, but he had some wheels on here. He had some custom wheels, um, Evo.
1: This will be up on the blog, by the way, the companion yeah, the, blog. Yeah, these
0: pictures will be on the companion blog when you go on to check it out. So make sure you guys go to letstalkdubs.com slash blog, and you'll follow along with all these pictures that are there. So this thing was super clean. It was at the uh, is at the Optimo booth, and it's kind of an outlaw notchback. So had some uh, – it, it, it was really a, a unique style, and he did, it, he did it really nice the way he did it. So it's kind of cool, um, and, uh, you know, just it, – it's nice to see some stuff like that. There was quite a few things there. Um, there was also so Hot Wheels probably had the biggest collection of Volkswagens oh, yeah. out there so Hot Wheels had all kinds of cars out there they had the two cool square back that's the guy to Arizona I forget his first name good Tilt dude. front
1: end dual VW engines in the front of it super cool build right. gasser I mean you can't miss it
0: yeah and then uh, we also had some time to sit down and talk to uh, Jason uh, Stratton Stratton with Stratton Motorsports and he's out of uh, Winter like Park that Florida that guy does
1: Really nice work. Yeah, he that, does. He had a high roof there. Um, early high. Oh no, sixty-five uh, high roof. I think it was. Yeah, super clean. Really nice. Yeah, and he Just was simple and clean.
0: Yeah, he was at the he was so he was the sat, Sata booth. Is that who it is? Sata. Sata. Yep. They make spray guns, and he does German a, spray guns. By the way, he's got a paint and body shop uh, over there in Winter Park, Florida. Good dude. Go check out his uh, Instagram. Uh, it's. Um, strata i mean it's a stratton motorsports Mm -hmm. good guy we're gonna have him on the podcast here soon he's been doing a lot of stuff he's got a lot of big things he's doing he's got a lot of early buses yeah he he's he's
1: restoring shells like like basket cases and he completely reskins them the high riff he had there was a complete reskin and his level of detail is beautiful his door gaps were super nice um that's the kind of stuff i look at when i see cars i'm looking at gaps and of everything and he very solid
0: yeah so he's got uh he's got that car that he's got done that that he had the high roof on display over there we sat kind of chatted with him for a few hours i oh, don't a few hours a few moments out right hour at least over there an hour um talking to him for quite a bit and um he had that there there was in like i said in hot wheels booth you had hot wheels this, had
1: that little shorty bug it was a shorty it's bug like a, i mean tiny little thing super tiny yeah one seat uh no second row Er, it looked like an early front clip but a a lot of late mile stuff i had a had a gas door on it 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 was it was a very interesting build nothing i would really do myself or anything like that or or enjoy to drive but a lot of hard work went in that car very well done
0: yeah and then also hot wheels had this uh there there was this um the gulf this, this golf livery baja that was there that was uh
1: <coughs> what's that color scheme because they do it on porsches too yeah it's go, it's
0: the golf livery from the porsche that's golf. the paint scheme for golf fuel so there was that um shoot there's a couple more i'm thinking of i'm trying to look for the pictures that i had here but and the, the crazy part is we only got into the central hall. Not yeah. we didn't even get all the way through the central we hall. Didn't, we didn't get through the whole show. We spent we probably killed an hour hanging out waiting to talk to Chris Baker. Yeah. For with. Uh, yeah, we actually had a face to face with Chris Baker and just kind of. Classic steel parts. Still
1: saying the same thing that in December, mid December, they should have actual bodies coming off production. I'll be interested to see that.
0: Yeah, and so we talked. We we, we were there. We we're hanging out with. Um, michael from dub michael anderson from dub dub fab and joe mccray from uh rustology garage so we kind of hung out with good those guys, guys. went grab some lunch i mean that's the other cool thing is during SEMA is everybody's in town so you guys can all get you guys can all get to hang out and stuff so um
1: yeah next but, year we'll be doing an open house probably i think i think it'll be so, something good to do yeah so
0: that's that's what happened during SEMA, and then maybe next year uh if there's gonna be a bunch of people in town well, matter clear, of fact i had you a, didn't
1: even discuss the can dig double cab that was there yeah uh
0: yeah Exactly.
1: So the Ken Diggit double cab, it was one of the Junkyard Six. Is that what they're called, Junkyard Six?
0: Yeah, the the junkyard, the five Junkyard buses. All right. The Utah Junkyard. No, there, I think they were six.
1: So it was the double cab that apparently he purchased off Cecil. So that was actually on display. Um, Walk through, four-door double cab. And uh, from my understanding, all Mike Anderson Dub Fab suspension underneath it, air ride, and all the metal work was done. The hard metal work was done before it went over to Ken Diggit, and they finished out there at that shop, and they did a really nice job.
0: Yeah, that was a it was a super clean uh, double cab. Mike Mike dub fab his video I think had like I don't know fifty thousand views or something crazy. Um, super nice bus, uh, really a lot of attention to detail they did on that thing. You usually yeah. see. You usually and, – and so Dave Kendig, uh, hopefully I can get him on the podcast because he's supposed to be a VW guy. So I'd love to get him on the podcast, talk about his VW story and all that good stuff. But you can tell the way that they built that car. I mean, th- th- this is one of the – I haven't seen the underneath of the chassis, but I would assume based on what I saw with the quality of the paint, that body, fitment of everything, yeah. this is another one of those high, really high-level VW builds. Um, it's something you're going to see coming out of Buddy shop or out of the compound or, you know, out of uh, – you know, cookers on the East coast. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a Skeeters. high level, high level, high level detailed build. So that was, that was a super nice bus and it was nice to see that. So hopefully we'll be able to get him on the podcast and, and, and get the, uh, the conclusion of the story for the Utah junkyard buses. So we'd never made it over to MP's booth.
1: Yeah. One of the main reasons we were going there was to check out their booth. Yeah. It's kind so of it, a, kind of a big deal. Cause they're going to have pip there and she there. So, and we still never met it. we, Ran into PIP at the Optima booth, so never finished the journey onto the actual Impy booth. And I really did want to see a lot of those products in person.
0: Look, bro, blame Joe McRae. Joe McRae is the guy. Here's nothing.
1: What was on display at Impy, I would assume is PIP's product, Mm -hmm. not their production. No, there was
0: there was all. Well, Impy had just bought a, uh, just merged with a a company out of Central California or or Mm -hmm. Bakersfield area, some company called. Oh, 034, something like that. So they had a bunch of water pumper stuff, and then they had some of the other stuff. They had an engine on display. They had some compound built stuff. So uh, that was all there. And then I think Jack stuff for JC was under in another in another location for his. Yeah, they, I know they had two booths. Information for like all the JC stuff. Trying to, I guess, kind of promote that brand separately. I'm looking for the I'm looking for the stuff on it, but. Yeah, that was, um, we never made it to that, and mm-hmm. like I said, I blame Joe McCray for that because uh, Joe, you're, Joe, you're my dog, but he had an appointment set up, and then we saw, oh, well, you get this appointment, we might as well go with you, you know, see if yeah. we can help him out, but it was worth hanging out with those guys, and really, all we'd have had was just sore legs, you know.
1: Well, shout out to Vans. I wore the uh, Ultra Kush and if anybody has those, I did all day in SEMA, trouble
0: free. Yeah, so Vans should send us a free pair of shoes, man. I wear a size I... 12, George, the size you wear. Uh, 11 and a half, 12. Yeah, so Vans should send us some free shoes since we've been buying Vans for, you know, 30 <laughs> years. Listen, nah, nah, you 40 can, plus probably. You can pay for yours. I'll get some free ones from Vans. But uh, free plug for Vans, the Ultra Kush. I do have to, I, I actually, have the Ultra Cush the insoles cuz i think it's the insoles the ultracush because
1: well it's the, it's the sole and everything like it's a mm. it, it's a super white it's soft it's very different I'm on,
0: telling you on the early ones they're
1: the ultralights that were discontinued cuz those will kill you by the way if you get wet you're going to fall
0: no i have the ultra ultracush insoles that i had my half cabs mm-hmm. and i was wearing my leather uh skate highs and i swapped them out and i took the insole out and threw it in there and all of a sudden i had ultracush I'm a skate high. So I'm a leather skate high. So hmm. leather, because I'm an glass. Eh, <laughs> You know what I do? I got this all figured out. So, Impy, let's talk about Impy. Impy, we had the CEO of Impy, I should say, the former CEO of Impy, on the podcast here a few months back. Um, I got to talk to Phil. Uh, we had that podcast. We talked a lot off the air. Uh, We did a lot. I mean, we we I I got to know him fairly decent just from several phone call conversations, and he had resigned the day before Octo, and we went down for Octo. Let's talk Dubs. Had a little booth down at the Octo meet, and the day before we went down to Octo, um, I text Phil a picture of the linkage that I purchased, so I went to my guys in Nevada Off-Road Buggy over here. Shout out to Bob, Marie, and everybody over there at Nevada Off-Road Buggy. Uh, You need VW parts, go to Nevada Off-Road Buggy here in Las Vegas. Um, But I went over there to their shop, bought some linkage because we were trying to thrash the carbon cab together, and I opened the package, and the horseshoes that go around the top of the velocity stack, there's a left and a right in this particular package. There were like two lefts. And so I sent a text message to Phil and, and one of the good things I can say about Phil, man, Phil was, Phil was accessible a lot, maybe too accessible. A lot of people, cause it's tough, man. You saddle up a horse like Impy, dude, and you're going to get bashed by a lot of people. But you know, and I, I wasn't doing it to be a jerk. I was like, Hey man, here's, here's the issue why Impy's just been sucking for so long. And I said, I just bought this linkage today from a local mom and pop supplier and the linkage has two lefts on the on the linkage, and he's like, he just his response to me was, "Ugh." So, and, and then the next day I heard he resigned, and then I was like, "Oh crap, man, I made him quit." With I, what I told Bill
1: it was his fault.
0: <laughs> so,
1: and in in, in Impey's defense, and in Nevada for a boogie. so we didn't return the linkage to Bob because we needed a couple pieces from it, but Bob still contacted impy and they sent us two new hats for the top which i have in my element right now oh did they yeah all right they're made out of billet aluminum they're all new oh, left and good, right good. so we'll have a functioning linkage again all right fantastic. but it took uh, that that's a pretty major workaround <laughs> and i would feel bad for someone like bob that's pushing that product that constantly gets people coming back to him to return to it, return it yeah. because i wonder what impy uh, so another in, in in defense of philip kane when i spoke to bob about it that linkage had been on a shelf for two years so it has nothing to do with the new the yeah, new but, uh, regime uh, but, okay. but the problem is the new regime still has to cover the the old regime's product that's out there yeah
0: and i'm not and here's the thing uh, i don't like the phrase uh what do you keep saying and no defense and no f- but it's it, it it's got it, it's nothing to do with anybody personally it's been the way that they've been doing business for mm. a long long time and part of that and and the problem is in the VW scene, it gets to be like that. In the VW scene, you get people that they become the 800-pound gorilla, and they're like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. Like One of the things that I had heard well, I was at Adam Wick's place, mm-hmm. and we're over there, and he had just bought a bunch of heads, and he hadn't used them yet because Adam Wick builds those off-road motors, uh, 1,600 motors, just buys a stock cast head, and uh, I'm there. I show up at Adam's place with the linkage and he just like looks at me like dude this is why i don't buy this garbage like like he was pissed and he goes oh yeah i just got a call yesterday from another buddy in southern california that builds motors he says have you used any of those new MP stock heads and he said no he says yeah they're dropping seats after 200 miles and he goes what it's because he just stocked up on like a few sets of heads said so he called over there and like yeah you know um, when the next batch comes out, they'll be good. Like,
1: oh, cool. Let me just bur- let me burn these customers that are going to. But so, get here's their what, so, here's, from so here's what. So here's so here's what
0: happens. So, and I'm not trying to make this a bash on MP. This isn't no. a bash on MP. This is the problem with this VW scene that I get so aggravated about. Uh, I just saw a post from Bob Cook, right? Yeah, Cookers back east mm-hmm. puts a picture up of Wolfsburg West Linkage or not Linkage. I'm sorry. The side trim for the vehicle, the the body chrome, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, it's a it's a post and it says, uh, here's here's the chrome from Wolfsburg West, and it's dull as crap and uh, you know, and he's less than excited. I mean, it looks it doesn't look very good for something that you buy brand new, and part of the issue is, I'm gonna read just so I don't get it out of context. I'll read his exact. Post and it says just a heads up to anyone buying Wolfsford West stainless steel side trim for a bug. It's very dull, and they said this is what you get. So then the thread starts, and so just to be just to be clear, the thread starts with a bunch of people jumping in saying like, well. And it's not the first time I've heard this. So, so you get kind of the same attitude in the VW scene where somebody becomes the manufacturer, the part maker, and then their attitude's like, well, where else are you going to get it? Oh, well, deal with what you got because that's then the thread just goes on with all these people ch- chiming in saying, yeah, their quality's really dropped. It's done this. It's done that. It's done this. It's done that. And I've noticed to some degree that seems to be a common thread in the VW scene. Guy comes into business, starts out brand new committed to delivering quality parts the business gets to be successful gets to be uh you know a premier parts supplier and then the next thing you know it's kind of like yeah you know yeah we know we're having some issues when the new when the new heads come out they'll be resolved like well are you taking all these heads back type thing you know what i mean Yeah. and, 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 and i've heard us for the purchase? it about several different shops in this and the and the the unfortunate thing it's like I get I get that some of them are small businesses, but people work hard for their money. Yeah, the squareback that I have has the squareback that I have that I sold to my friends. They built it and painted it, and then I changed the wheels on it and changed the entire look of the car. My garage back. kept its entire life. By the way, garage this car kept does not sit out. That that car had. Geor- I- you did all the ISP rubber rotter, right? ISPS
1: rubber all over it. Those rear taillight seals at the time I believe were seventy five dollars a piece. Uh-huh. And they didn't make it one year. Nope. They're in the broken car. at the
0: top. It's in it's the garage. It's a
1: garage kept car. I get it. We're in Vegas. That car is oh, garage doesn't kept. doesn't
0: matter. Does that, does, that's what makes me mad. It doesn't matter. You want me to take you to the desert I, and show you I 50 have cars have been in the desert?
1: 30-year-old for, ones on my car that look better than those
0: that's after what I'm 30 saying. years. I'll take you to the desert and show you cars that have been out here for 30 years that yeah. the, in the sun that the rubber's still not cracked or shrunk. Yeah. And so my thing is, you know, maybe warning to the VW scene. Like, if somebody were to team up with, like, and I and, and I and I'm only assuming that Steel Rubber Parts makes decent rubber parts for for American cars because they make rubber for just about every American car. But I'd be surprised that if somebody were to get their act together and, and get with us and get with a rubber manufacturer because these guys are having somebody else make it for them. Okay, mm-hmm. West, all, all these guys are having West Coast people.
1: Metric is m- apparently made in America, but is what they say. And in then their having the control
0: Catalan. and having the control of like the quality of the product because that's the main thing. The quality control. If you're not the
1: one manufacturing it and you receive it, how do you control the quality? You just receive that and you're in. Pu- you're pushing it on to your customers, because I have a whole incident that took place with Wolfsburg West. I have stacks of Wolfsburg West stuff at my shop that like had a problem with it in some way, shape, or form. Couldn't use it. Go down and offer a buggy. A lot of the stuff he sells is Wolfsburg West. Some of it's West Coast Metric. I find the West Coast Metric one and they put a WCM on there, so you know it's theirs. It fits better. And I feel it, and I go, that's going to last way longer. 66 door handles on a bus. This bus was built two years ago. Once again, a garage kept car. Door handle seal already broken. Yeah, it was a, cool a Wolfsburg track. West one. And then I replaced it with a West Coast metric one. And I think it'll last for 10, 15 years. So I was actually, you know, I've always been one. I've pushed all my customers. If you're going to buy anything, buy it Wolfsburg West. That's what I tell them. If you're looking for a part, if they sell it, they don't sell junk. And it's... Pretty disappointing that I can't tell them that anymore, with confidence on some of the parts. You well, know. and I and, and I still I still think they make the best bumpers on the market for Type Ones. Beautiful reproductions, the best best you can buy. But
0: the so the, but the question is like, is it is it something systematic in the VW scene <laughs> where people just get more focused on more focused on profit? Profit, yeah. Or is, or, it, the, or is it the suppliers
1: So like one guy used to make their stainless, right? And I thought he was a local guy in. California that was doing it Mm -hmm. and then he's probably not making it anymore. So they found another supplier and that supplier probably has a lower level of quality than their previous supplier. What I'm curious of, did the price change? Has it gone down? Are there disclaimers on the ad Mm -hmm. now that tell you, hey, this may not shine that crazy, you know? Like, I'm not really
0: sure the price has gone down on anything. No. But the point being here is that it seems to be a common thread in the VW scene that once the place gets a little bit successful yeah the quality of the parts and they rest on their laurels domain. and they don't yeah yeah and so you know there are there, there there are shops out there that are doing plenty of stuff and i don't want this to be like we're bashing anybody these are just facts i got a square and, back that sits in a garage that it goes out on weekends goes on drives whatever but the all the taillight rubber on it it's all brand new the car's been Finished for less than two years yeah. and it's all cracked. It's all cracked and broken. So it shouldn't be. I don't care what your excuse is. You make rubber for a car, it should last the same as factory rubber. You're charging you more. You would you, hope. You know? So that that's the part that kind of chaps I was me. Especially the
1: seventy five bucks a seal for those. I was really, really torqued when I saw it thing a year later and those seals were cracked. I yeah, was like, You got to figure
0: me. well, I remember when you were building your square back back in the day, you were like, You had to get NOS seals. Well,
1: Here's when the thing, when I built lenses. my square back in the nineties, West Coast Metric had purchased up a ton of NOS type three stuff. So that's what they were actually selling. Was a lot of it was real type three stuff and some of the things they were manufacturing. There's another thing about Wolfsburg West. They do not do Gia. They don't do type three. They do bug and bus only. Yeah. You're not gonna get parts for any of the oddball ones and I, ha- there, and I and which I, is I mean, they're they're specializing in a certain thing.
0: And I haven't built a Gia. So I don't know about GIA. Remember, remember I sold you that one gear, and mm-hmm. then I gave you a whole box of GIA rubber with it. But that, have it. that went with the other car. And I think that was all early West Coast metric stuff or something yeah. like that. It's all because early. that was way back in the day. But I, I can tell you this. Um, there was a company that I bought. It was funny. When I was building the Type 34 gear, I ordered all the rubber. So some guy, a guy named Pop in Thailand, started making all the rubber for the Type 34 gear. I snatched it all up. Like all the parts he made, I bought a piece of everything that he made. Sent it here, and then I sent, uh, got it shipped here. Then I sent it down to buddy when he was building the gear, when he was putting it together, and uh, he calls me. He's like, "Yeah, dude, the uh, the window rubber it doesn't fit. It shrank from sitting in the garage or whatever the case was, right?" So he says, "I gotta buy new rubber." And so this guy has it in England. Status VW was the name of the place. So I'm like, "Okay, how much is it?" It was 200 bucks in Thailand. 100 for the front, 100 for the rear. Now it was 400 bucks or something stupid like that. So I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm a little bit annoyed that, you know, you know, the rubber shouldn't shrink in sitting in a no. garage. Your tires don't shrink uninstalled sitting in the garage. But they probably the,
1: made it the wrong size. I would say shrinking no, that no, no, far. No. It would it, be... But
0: no, no, it shrank, bro. It shrank. Cause let me tell you what happened. So I ordered the rubber. I don't know if I ever told you the story. I ordered the rubber, rubber shipped to my house. I pay this money from status VW to get this rubber. And it's, it's, uh. It's the same rubber that I bought from Pop. You know how I yeah. knew because it was wrapped in wax paper, and it was with like a purple highlighter. It said uh, front or back, so I remember the way it was wrapped. It was like wrapped in wax paper, and this guy Pop disappeared, and I don't know, he disappeared, but I think the Status VW place bought all of his inventory, his inventory, and it was the so I was mad now because I was now buying the exact same rubber to replace, um, to replace the windshield rubber that had sat, and then just. You know, disappeared over who knows how so long.
1: Long and short of it, if you are a manufacturer of parts, just try and hold yourself to the same standard. What whatever got you to the dance, hold yourself to that standard.
0: Yeah, it's super annoying, but um. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up, so because we were talking about talking back about uh, going back to talk about what happened over an MP. So anyway, Phil resigns. I get talking to Phil like, well, that's kind of a bummer. I don't talk to him for a little bit. And then within two days, I get phone calls from people. Oh, bro, I know why your dude's not there. I know why this. I know why that. And like all kinds of crazy rumors. Like rumors that if people were saying about me, uh, I'd be pretty hot. I'd be pretty, <laughs> I would be pretty upset about it. And like stuff that you you could get sued over if people are saying that stuff about you. And then i so what i do here at let's talk dubs is i go to the source so i called up phil and i'm like hey man what's going on so phil and i had this long conversation we talk about a lot of stuff and he kind of tells me some stuff and so i know the truth of it and the the, and the disappointing thing is like well at least you know his side well i i know you say
1: the truth but you know you know his side
0: i Yeah. yeah well If it's about that individual, you would hope that the individual that they're talking about, you're going to go to their source to get the information. And from what I've heard, I I know that the reality of the story, and it's being skewed to some degree, which I don't think is real cool. Um, And what we talked about on the phone is uh, what happens when you come into an organization and your focus is to strengthen that organization. Now, I had to do that one time for a company that I worked for. Uh, I took over a division up in Reno that I was running the Vegas division. I took over a division of Reno. And when I went up there and I kind of saw how things were running, and I was like, okay, well, my job is to straighten this ship up. So to straighten the ship up, things have got to change. People didn't like change. A yep. lot of people, people didn't like me because I came in there and said, no, I know that's great. I, I know that's how you guys have been milking this cow for a long time. No more milking the cow. Like you have to you have to leave the cave, go kill something and bring it back and eat. So I like sit here and 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 just milk milk this thing. And a lot of people that like man, I had a lot of people like were mad. I mean, they were pissed because I was coming up through change things. thing. So I can understand how cuz trust me, there was rumors about me at the place that I worked about, oh yeah, well, he's this because of that and this because of that. You know, it's it's real strange how people come up with some of these rumors, but you know it's kind of unfortunate that that happens in the workplace, and especially when, just my two cents from what I known, from what I've what I've talked to, uh, my conversations with with Phil is I was hopeful that he was really gonna invigorate the VW scene. I
1: tell you, I was inspired by the dude. And I was I was stoked. Like, wow, we got somebody like this that's yeah. in our industry and wants to really push us forward. Yeah. If anything.
0: Because, part, because like I talked about what well, we talked about on the podcast, the, this VW scene is so limited sometimes by the people that lack vision that are that are driving the scene. You know what I mean? Everybody starts off with good intentions, and then everybody's got a different level of where they feel is success, and then they kind of plateau. And then whether they have things happen at home or life changes or whatever the case is, there's nobody to continue to keep pushing the scene up. And my hope with having him being the CEO is like, well, this guy comes from a background of like, you know, Pirelli and Goodyear and all these all these big companies and really knows how to take the VW world to like a next level of quality. And from what I saw, it seemed like he was making the right moves. You know what I mean? Correct. Like grabbing uh compound jack compound. I compound. I mean, compound. Like putting together <laughs> What the VW scene has needed for a long time, like if you took all the guys that are making things happen that are small mom-and-pop organizations, Mm -hmm. you put them under an umbrella where they can be creative, develop their creativity, and then have the manufacturing process and all that stuff backing it to make it successful. So open invitation to the new CEO of Impey, More than welcome. Reach out to Let's Talk Dubs. I'd love to have you on here. I'd love to hear what your vision is. Um, I'm hoping it's the same direction that Phil was planning on taking the organization because it seemed like he knew the right steps at least in my perception, from a business standpoint, how to take a business within an industry, and then if that business really starts to push, the whole industry has to catch up or get left behind. And and some people see that as like, oh, well, you know, you're going to change the industry from being like a, a mom and pop industry to, uh, to like a, a really cutthroat type competitive thing. Well, let me tell you something that's that comes from a person that's never owned a business because competition pushes excellence
1: and it also pushes innovation it pushes
0: innovation pushes excellence pushes those things and when and when we and, and you see what happens when there's no competition so maybe maybe companies out there believe that they've got the market cornered they don't need to they don't need to give any more WD accounts they don't need to do. Yeah any more discounts for you, you stupid little builders. You can pay full retail. And it's like, if you're going to do that, I mean, it's the same in my industry. In, in my industry, if we get perfect example, as a contractor, if I'm buying from a wholesaler and they're selling to the general public at the same price that I'm buying, if they're selling the same, I won't buy from them anymore. I stopped buying from them because they're not protecting me in the business. They're not trying to help me make money. And I'm the one helping them make money. And so sometimes people do that. There's, there's a few, there's a few uh, wholesalers I heard that do that in my industry where they'll sell to the client the same cost they'll sell to me. So if somebody says, oh, I'm going to go buy my stuff at X warehouse, I'm going to say, yeah, well, all right, yeah, you can buy it there. Well, what do you think about their product? Eh, you know, it's cheap. And they're like, well, well you know, because they're selling to the public at wholesale. And so the people that drive that business, it's clear to me, they have one focus, sales and profit. They don't care about protecting the contractors. Mm-mm. It's the same thing in this industry. The VW parts suppliers should care about all the shops and protect the shops and sell to the shops at a discount where a shop can make money. Because without the shops... Who's pushing their product? Who's pushing their product. So, th- so their, their thought process is like, well... People are gonna buy it regardless, because we're the only place you can get it. And that might that very very well may be for a while. You look at Grumpy's was like that. Where could you get a 21 window section? Only at Grumpy's for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And then Grumpies did their thing and then they charge and people were like, wow, well, it's a lot of money. Like, yeah, but where else are you gonna get it done? Boom. New roof section comes out. Take it to Grumpy's and it's six thousand dollars, or buy a, a roof ready to go and weld it in. And you're, you know, 1200 bucks plus labor to do that. But it's like, it only proves my point that no matter how long you think you're the only game in town, something could change at any moment and, and disrupt if the entire game. If there's a demand,
1: someone else yeah. is going to see that and go, hmm. Absolutely. Because I, I had a bus done by Grumpy's. And when I went down there, there was probably 15 buses waiting to get done. Yeah. The shop was full of buses getting done so they were definitely not lacking any work at the time i'm sure it's still that way i'm sure they still have people getting their roofs done by them even at they may even be installing those new roofs yeah i'd you, if i was doing if i was working there i'd be like hey i can swap this a lot faster and i can punch that one in so
0: but my point being is that no matter when you think you're the only game in town if someone with the wherewithal sees that they can capitalize on that because all it takes i started thinking today i was I was looking at something and I thought, uh, what was I doing? I'm looking at something on my car and I thought, it's just something that was that was low quality. I thought, man, if somebody just came into the industry and said, yeah, we're going to sell this quality material. I was thinking about rubber because we were talking about rubber earlier, about, about the car weather stripping and the rubber being made like it's garbage compared to what the OEM stuff was. And, well, I don't want to say it's garbage. It's much lower quality. It doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to stand up. Now, maybe we'll get one of the rubber manufacturers on here and they can school me as to why it doesn't. Maybe back then they used lead and had four-year-old kids making it. I don't know what the difference was. It very well could be something like that. But the reality is it seems odd that you put taillight rubber in a car and it's cracked and falling apart within eight, less than a year on a garage car. Even on an outside car, it should last a couple years. Period. But... So the question, especially when it's 70, it's one thing if it was like, it's 20 bucks, buy another pair. Yeah. $75 is a lot of money.
1: That's each, not for the set. What? I'm pretty sure that's
0: 75 each. I'll jump off a bridge if that's easy. But at, anyway, at any rate, you know, the the point is when it comes down to it, when it's all said and done, um, I don't know. I just, uh, I'd, I'd love to get the, the, the new CEO for Impy on here. Let's talk about his vision, where the company's going to go. Um, where I'd like to
1: get a representative of West to come on here and kind of defend themselves because we're not trying to bash by any means. I use their product on the daily and I still recommend it to people for their parts, but is there a problem with, with supply or do they, do they have a new manufacturer making their stainless? Why isn't anybody getting on that post and defending them? Like, well, and, and that's what I'm saying, and, going, hey. and,
0: and I don't think, and, and here's the thing with here's the thing with Bob, right? So I've met Bob Cook a bunch of times at the classic and he's stuff. A no nonsense, no he, BS and that's the guy. Thing, man. Got, if you do something stupid, he's <laughs> gonna call you on it. I mean, if you follow him on Instagram, you kind of get that picture right away. Like, right. oh, he's pretty blunt. You it, know? Like, Bob, yeah. Bob's a call it like he sees it yeah. kind of guy, and in today's world of social media, the good and the bad of it is you get immediate feedback right now. Yeah, and. Uh, I remember buying stainless. I had stainless on my '63 ragtop yeah. back in the day, and it was stainless. It I've was been shining. using stainless was, from
1: Wolfsburg for years. It, it was nice, years,
0: you know. And so maybe, maybe in all fairness, uh, I, I we went to Wolfsburg a long time ago, and when we picked up some stuff for your shop and mm-hmm. came down there, and and uh, you know, this is uh, you just me and you walking in there. And I didn't get like a, hey, how are you? Welcome to be here. What When I went inside and talked to the young lady that's in charge of marketing, she was super pleasant. The people mm-hmm. inside were nice. Kind of going through the warehouse, it was a little bit like I was on Gangster yeah. Street, a little bit of mean mugging going on, a little bit like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It, it didn't feel like, you know, when you're a VW enthusiast. I, I,
1: I call down there usually once a week. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows me. Hey, George with the wagon. You right. call here every week. I'm sure I'm the same guy that answers the phone every time. Never is like, hey, how's it going down there? Oh, yeah, good to hear from you. Never.
0: Well, and, I think it's weird. And look, and here's the deal: when you go to Vita, I, I, I don't care, I don't care I who you are. I have More
1: rapport with the person at Seven Eleven than I do with anybody at Wolfsburg West, and I spend a dollar something at Seven Eleven and thousands at Woolsworth West.
0: Well, so, um, so the the difference that I'm thinking about is when you're an enthusiast, right, and you're from Oklahoma, Minnesota. Nevada, wherever, and you're down in California on vacation and like your wife's dragging the kids to Disneyland or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go check out some of the shops. And you go into these shops, it's like you're hoping that the people that are like as stoked as you are, like, oh, hey, here's a customer. Hey, cool. How are you? Yeah, welcome to our shop. Let me give you a little, let me show you what's going on over here. Let me, let me do this. I, I stop what I'm doing many a times for
1: I get people from all over the world stop by the shop. Um, apparently, when you look it up on Google, it's still called the underground garage. So some of these people know it from the underground garage and come and they want a tour. They but, want to check the place out. But
0: when we had the underground garage, what kind of stuff we do? A couple call from England, wanted to get married in my bus. Yeah. what do we do? Like, yeah, sure, take the, yeah, no problem. I had, who took the bus down there? You Josh. or Josh? Josh took the bus. But it was like, you know what I'm saying? like, th- but that's what I'm talking about, like that, that whole thing where it's like, oh, that's cool, you're an enthusiast. I, I had German people call me one time, they're like, hey, my friend's coming down, he's getting married. And can we, can you take us for a ride on the strip? And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll come pick you up. Then I went and got him in the crew cab, then came home, got the bull run bus and just kind of, and I had, but it's, it was just like people that are like, like enthusiasts and stuff like that. you like to see that reciprocation. I had, I had a, uh, let's talk dubs, uh, let's talk dubs listener reach out to me. Um, Chris, his name. And he's like, Hey man, I'm going to be in town for my son's. Uh, baseball game he's out of Canada he's like I'm gonna come down my baseball game um, if I can let me connect with you get some stickers or whatever the case was and a shirt or whatever and so he t- he was texting me from his wife so I was like hey this is Chris's wife whatever and I'm like well where are you guys staying they're like we're at the Orleans I'm like oh it's right across the street from my shop <laughs> I'm like you can literally walk here so he's like, oh, that's cool. So he came over, came over. I gave him some stickers. We talked a little bit. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? You want my pass for SEMA Ignited? I'm not going to go. He's like, oh, I heard there's a killer car show. I'm like, you want the pass? I'm not going to go. You can take it. And he was like, I was like, well, if you want to run down a SEMA, I'm not going today. You want to take my badge and go down there? He's like, ah. Oh. But he had so much stuff going on with his thing. Yeah. But it's like I had no, I, I had no obligation or anything to do that to him, other than it's like that, and that's why I think happens. For for
1: a shop, it there is a problem with it though because. Me, I work no, by no, myself, yeah. and I stop what I'm doing. and I usually spend 20 to 45 no, no, minutes no. with someone, and you get slowed down. But it's just a, hey, how's it going, just a little bit of friendly.
0: But it's different. Okay, but, but my point that I'm saying, this is my point I'm making. My point that I'm making is when you're enthusiastic about something and you have that VW connection friend mm-hmm. to friend, you meet somebody at the airport, you're traveling for family stuff, and you meet a VW guy, the guys wearing a VW shirt, and you start talking VWs, and all of a sudden – now it's your new buddy. It's some common thread. And it doesn't matter how much you go out of your way. My point that I'm making is like, there's just a connection there. And it's like, hey, I'm stoked to see you here. Cool. Like, you know, kind of one of those things where you just have this underlying connection. So you hope to see that where you go some places. And I get stoked when I see people that are into VWs and we just kind of chat it up or whatever the case is. But I don't know. There's uh and so you start to think like, okay – maybe this is just a job for this person you know what i mean and it probably ends up being that way to some degree like to some people it's just a job for you it's a different story when you're in there and you're the only guy in there and somebody comes in there and wants to ear rip you for like yeah 45 minutes about some stuff my
1: gates are locked for that very reason well but, like, i go out and i greet them usually and if if they say they're for, like usually you, ha- you hear an accent because mm-hmm. like i said i've had people from france from england from denmark from belgium from Brazil, Mm -hmm. from Hawaii. I get people that stop by from all over the world because we're in Vegas and people come here from all over the world. And if they're a VW enthusiast, they usually start looking up VW shops and that comes up that way. So they'll come by. And I'll meet up at the gate and usually if it's just someone looking for a worker or something like that, I I get them out of there. But when it's someone that's traveled a long way, I take them in. I I show them what we're doing, the projects we're working on. I usually give them free stickers when they're leaving you know, just hook them up. And I think it's cool because it'd be pretty awesome if my stickers are flying all over the world. I'm all right with that. Yeah. I got a cool logo. I'll share it.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I, I just think, you know, message to the VW people when you go, when you have people that want to stop by, visit your place or do whatever the case is, you know, be a little, I don't know, make them feel like, uh, they're not a burden. So, uh, not, not that I'm trying to, you know bum anybody out but just uh, listen my job is to be honest and give honest feedback about whatever my experiences are but you know hey maybe if people hear this maybe people think about how they're being and they kind of get caught up in in the way that that they're perceived sometimes by people that are in the scene man um but anyway next uh next subject we're gonna talk about is the vintage Volkswagen Club of America started a new website
1: yeah so they're launching something that uh you're going to be able to sell items on. There's no charge for ads. Um, AirCooledAutos.com. Air-cooled-autos. Air-cooled-autos. aircooledautos.com. autos.com
0: air auto air autos.com. Yeah. So air
1: It's, it's new. So there's not a whole heck of a lot of content on there for sale yet, but you know, everything starts somewhere. It looks to be a very nice website from some of the posts I saw written on it, that it's super easy to post your ads up there. Um, it's beautiful. Like visually, if you go on it and check it out. So I wish those guys the best. And hopefully that grows into another, you know, hopefully something as big as the Samba. because once again, competition drives and in- in- ingenuity, I guess.
0: I like the sterling silver empty ring here. Sterling silver. That's interesting. One what the story is behind that. Oh, barely worn Kiss the ring size 10. It doesn't say anything other than that, but, uh, um, so it's classified ads. So we're talking about classified ads and we're going to talk about kind of what peeves us about that. So that's, this could be sponsored by the, uh, air, air cooled, air cooled autos, autos.com. Uh, but shout out to the, vintage and this, Vo- yeah,
1: this is put on by the vintage Volkswagen club of America. Yes.
0: Shout out to the vintage Volkswagen club of America. Eric over there. Good dude. We met him. I met up with him at, Jackson. Bear Jackson. We nice hung guy. out with him for about an hour and Good his dude. father, good dude, new yeah. president of the, uh, Vintage VW Club of America, and they're really working on expanding. If you guys are thinking about joining, it's free to join, so go to vvwca.com and go ahead and uh, join. It's free. It's free to join? It's free to join, yeah, free to join, and then they also have a paid membership as well. There's a free membership. With the paid membership, you get special discounts at certain uh, different different vendors that they have co-ops with. Also, you can affiliate your club with them. If you guys put on any kind of big events, things like that, uh, you end up getting put under their insurance rider. So, any guys out there thinking of doing a car club, thinking of doing a car show, things like this, and worried about the insurance and all those kinds of things, check out the Vintage Volkswagen Club of America. You can become an affiliated club with them and you'll be able to ride under their insurance rider if you guys are putting on a car show. So, uh, check them out at VWCA.com. So, um, but classified ads, we're classified ads, we're talking about that. And we were talking about annoying. I think the my favorite thing to talk about is annoying classified ads. <laughs> because some of them, it, it's so funny because on the Samba, it says, you know, don't put a uh, question mark for price or don't put you tell me and you still go on the oh, Samba. And it's freaking. Just testing the waters. You oh, tell that me annoying. everywhere. And just
1: seeing what kind of interest I get in my car if I'm to post it up for sale. You know what? Commit. Or yeah there's another way to put that poop or get off the pot man right? come on man either you're selling or you're not
0: well and and i don't get the whole and this whole like well i'm just testing the waters like i even i, I see it on facebook test I see it the waters look at what's comparable to your car
1: there's your water test you like look scroll through and go huh that's about the condition of my car that's about the look of it or whatever or I'd, I'd say me and that car are in the same price range there's your water test if you're going to post an ad up post a freaking ad up
0: Keep well, yeah. your water
1: test yourself. Go test the pH <laughs> levels of your pool. Quit testing the waters in classified ads.
0: <laughs> test, I like that, the pH waters in your pool. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of lame. Um, some of the things that that you see on here, it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I've seen... And I've learned new terms from classified ads. <clears throat> such as? Lacey.
1: Do you know what Lacey is?
0: No, it was Lacey.
1: That's... Uh, when you can kind of see through the rusty areas no lacy It's a little kidding? lacy in a couple areas like as if you could sit there and plug weld all those laces back up like oh, just weld it back together i'll really? weld all the oxidized metal back together you don't have to change it oh wow lacy
0: i've I never heard about it. Yeah. lacy yeah there's it's interesting to see what all stuff right, i love
1: it when people put the usual rust what's the usual because yeah. in vegas we don't have rust
0: so you tell me, what's the usual rust? Oh, yeah, I get, I, I'm the guy, I sell a car when it's like the trouble cab and that thing's got the rust that it's got on. I'm like, yep, I'm out. It had a rust, had the rockers are rusted, no more for me. And meanwhile, for people that are in rusty areas, that's no big deal. I saw a gentleman
1: that had an oval window posted up, oval window ragtop, and it's not restored. It was clean, not great, and he wants like 25K. And some people are getting on his ad going, you're on crack you're crazed blah blah blah. and other people are going like i agree with this price i think it seems really reasonable 25k for an oval window that's not even clean like no one's even gone through is nuts
0: yeah well unless
1: you're talking about some super rare oval window that had some just covered in in rare accessories or something
0: you know yeah well usually the person that's that's justifying the value of that guy's ride. He has one too. He's the ad right underneath it. <laughs> well, you look at uh, the black oval that I had. Our buddy Sean built that car, VW Trends cover car. Shout out to Sean McLellan. Yeah, and he had that car up for sale for $25,000.
1: Nobody touched that car, yeah. and that was a pan-off resto, done to a detail I'd never seen a Volkswagen taken to. When Al Nakata bodyworked that thing, he took the rear apron off the car, separated the two panels, body horked them both, burned them back together, and burned it back on the car. I'd never seen anybody do that ever on a VW because everybody bought junky aprons and stuck them right back on them. Yeah, you know that guy took it to such a level, and he couldn't push that car for 25k with a third wheel all all state trailer with every accessory you've ever seen on a VW, ever on yeah. that car, and couldn't get it for 25k. Well,
0: and the crazy part about all the accessories that on, I mean, it had a it. So, to list some of the accessories, it had the... Ball, Derby radio. It had, it had the picnic radio in it. Yep. It had the all-state trailer. Motor meter gauges. Motor meter tri- gauges, A yeah. A light
1: Je- over the ashtray, which... Keep looking for that one, guys. I've seen maybe three in my life.
0: Judson supercharger. Judson supercharger with the Judson supercharger gauge. The Euro the Euro gauge with the trip meter.
1: Fold-down shifter.
0: The fold, fold the, down
1: seat brackets.
0: Yeah, fold the heel seat brackets. The rear
1: luggage compartment. Visors on the rear taillights. Illuminated D. That was original. Okay, li- I mean, just the, crazy. The visors list. on the
0: rear taillights were kind of Harley. I liked them. them. Yeah, those. That are was great. a
1: Chris Clark touch. We actually took those off as '58.
0: But, uh, I mean, it had it. It had in reality, well, original wood slat rack. Mm-hmm. It had twenty five thousand bucks in accessories on it easily. And, you know, it just goes to show, like.
1: Well, that obviously, we're talking about several years ago when the market was very soft for Volkswagens. Uh, but I think on Beetles, the
0: market's still pretty soft.
1: Agreed. I'll agree with that. I think the market's softening all the all around.
0: Yeah. Until
1: you see that w- that one pop up for eighty five k.
0: Which one? That
1: one you're looking at right there. Well, this uh, is. He's a, got air ride. He's got.
0: This is a Brazilian bus. This is uh, what's this one say here? Brazilian bus. It's an eighty four. It's out of Phoenix. What is it here? Let me go back. But yeah, this is a twenty-three window, seventy-four twenty-three window air ride (laughs) turbo bus slammed, eighty-five k. Yeah, the problem is it's a seventy-four Brazilian bus. Yeah, and uh,
1: I'd really have to see that thing up close.
0: Well, still, because
1: I tell you, with them ones we saw at Bear Jackson, were train wrecks. Yeah, just look at the. We look so bad.
0: You look at the rain gutters. I mean, unless somebody completely rebody worked this thing, and you can't yeah. really tell from the pictures that are here on it. It looks
1: to be nice. Looks like they got a really nice bus there.
0: Yeah, they're. Uh, but I've I mean, seen a lot of and that's the thing. Cars that are you, garbage when you see them in person. You have to. You you have to look at some stuff and say, for eighty five grand, what are you buying? And then when you you turn around with the dollars and say, what can I get for this money? I mean, here's here's this bus that's for sale and the guy selling a 59 combi super original original Safari is forty four thousand dollars and needs full restoration it's a driver the rockers are rotted it needs i mean full resto forty four thousand dollars i don't know who's buying that for forty four grand i mean i think some of these buses it gets crazy on price but you know hey who am I? I'm just a, I'm just a I'm just a guy who uh, who looks for what I want, tries to get the best deal on it. But uh, and I look at it like this and say, for 44 grand, would I buy that bus? No, I'd buy a finished car for 44 grand.
1: I've had a lot of people that come by the shop and hey, I'm looking for a project to buy, or I'm looking for a you know a car to build, and I direct them towards the Samba. Now I'll start directing them towards aircooledautos.com, and uh, hopefully they can post or sell some stuff there. But I tell them, I say. Y- spend your most money when you're purchasing your car. That's the most bang for your buck.
0: Yeah. That's the that's the best money spent if you're it, you get that one
1: that's five thousand dollars more but doesn't need the metalwork, you just save yourself twenty thousand to thirty thousand to fifty thousand depending on how deep you're going.
0: Yeah, and especially now with all that uh with 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 what the metal with what metalwork costs to do. I mean metalwork is yeah. well, you, you look at that the green double cab that sold at barrett Jackson. 40, 40 grand, forty one thousand oh, yeah. bucks. Lost it. That sucks. Yeah, and it's, it's like you know, hey, it it costs. <laughs> if you uh, take it to an auction, you're you're taking it's a gamble, a gamble. what it's going to go That's for. but what it's worth is what someone's going to pay for it. And if there was only one other person there that was willing to buy it, me personally, I think it would have went more if it wasn't green. You I know? think it would
1: have been went more if it wasn't in Vegas. Vegas is a bad I mean, Vegas, place. To Vegas sell. is not where you bring This is a great place to buy, a bad place if you're the seller.
0: Well, no, it just depends on the car. Too
1: many distractions here. De-
0: but it depends on the car.
1: Booze, women, gambling.
0: But regionally they're they're all specific about what vehicles are there because Orange County holds the record for the most expensive bus being sold. Why? Orange County has a median in- income of $200,000 and the median home price is $800,000. So when you're spending 200 grand for a bus you know your, your, two, your 200 grand is is different money you're spending in, in those price circles so that's why I think especially with the VWs especially being so California centric down Orange County that's your best place to sell them but you know and I think also the market's catching up on a bunch of fraud buses being sold you know what I mean people that are building cars to pretend to be something Clones. else
1: yeah, <laughs> that's another new term clone or tribute. Yeah, <laughs> this hey. is my 23 window tribute.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's negatively impacted the resale prices. But you got to remember the one that sold th- that one that sold for 200 grand that set the record. Fake. What?
1: Fake out of Vegas.
0: No, the, not the one that sold for 200 grand. That was a DNR restoration. That was a super super The one that sold in Orange County. Super nice bus. Super nice bus. DNR restorations built that thing. And it was pro- it was probably a hundred thousand dollar restoration I mean it was it was a real nice bus matter of fact those are the guys that painted Chris's 23 clone that sits in his garage right now but uh, and then after that one like I said it's, it's a culmination of things it was probably one of the nicest 23s built period I mean like it was stellar that car is super nice it's not a clone it's a legit deal and it was sold in Orange County and then that sets the precedence because you look at the you look at the one that Kindig built and that was a clone and it sold for like 300 grand but that's that's a little skewed because it's TV money no it was sold for it was also sold for for like a charity charity. and so when it's sold for a charity you get to you it becomes a tax deduction and so um, you can deduct the price for charity but um, you know listen it's going there so I think the market's softening a little bit Uh, buses are going to stay strong just because they're there, you know, what holds people back from there's a lot, I think there's more buses for sale than buses being sold, <laughs> you know, because everybody that I see that puts a bus up for sale asks a lot of money. Um, my bus, like we were talking earlier, my, my buses aren't, aren't really for sale, you know what I mean? And someone's got to pay stupid money if they want to buy my bus because I'm not interested in selling it, you know what I yeah,
1: mean? Agreed. I feel the same way about I, I don't
0: want to go through the process of building another bus. Um, and so.
1: I finally got mine where I want it mechanically. So to sell it now would put me so far behind. Yeah, I mean yeah.
0: You, you have to you, you'd have to be you would have to be selling it to do something to change something in your life, like buy a new house or do yeah. or do whatever. But um, you know it's just part of the part of the hobby and things that that are going. So, um, well, George, anything else you got going on?
1: Just building VWs, man. Just building VWs. I'm tackling in. a thirty six crasser right now.
0: And, uh, we're, and we're working on, uh, one of these days I'm going to, get back underneath the deck lid of my bus and maybe finish getting it back together. I'm pretty close. Um, haven't done anything since you were here last time. I've been in the garage a couple of times, but it wasn't a work on anything of mine. And I just need to make the time. I've got my swap meet coming up. Las Vegas auto swap meets coming up. If you guys are going to be in town for that, uh, feel free to check it out. And you guys coming in from out of state to, from California? You guys are coming in Friday night, and you can camp out in the parking lot overnight. There's no in and out. It's just in locked locked the gates at ten till four a.m.
1: With security overnight.
0: Yeah, with with overnight security. But feel free if you guys know guys selling Chevy parts or any other kind of parts, VW parts, whatever the case is, come on down to Las Vegas Auto Swap Meet that'll be happening Thanksgiving weekend here in Las Vegas, the Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, that's what I have going on.
1: We're also doing at that same show. We're going to do a prize for the most Club participation. So if you are in a car club, VW or otherwise, and know of anybody, do a, there will be an award of uh, $200 to mm-hmm. the club that has the most members there.
0: Yeah. So to- logoed members yeah. like real members guys, of a club don't just up. come
1: rolling in together like, yeah, oh, we know each other we're the
0: skit scat club we're not
1: buying your lunch
0: Like, <laughs> so for whatever club shows up that's got the biggest turnout uh because it's also a swap meet and car show similar yeah. to pomona it's more of a car display like if you're showing up chasing trophies and stuff like that plus we, it's pretty nice to bring your car into the gate so yeah kind
1: of like a pomona to have your car in there you can put your stuff in there after you go shop shopping right. and go back out again so
0: and uh so we have um we do have uh a top 20 I think top, top 10, top 10 top pick, 10. top 10 pick. Pretty cool trophies that we water jet at my shop. So it's got the Las Vegas Auto Swap Meet logo, and it'll say top 10 pick. And then we have one best of show. And then this year we'll be giving out a club participation of $200 cash to whatever club shows up with the biggest turnout. So, guys, make sure if you're going to be in town or looking for something to do, thanksgiving weekend, shoot down to Las Vegas Auto Swap Meet. That'll be at Sam Boyd Stadium. Gates open at 6 a.m., and it'll be on November 30th. Saturday, November 30th, Thanksgiving weekend. So, all you guys that aren't going to get suckered at home having to stay there for Black Friday, come on down. But, uh, George, I think that's uh, what we got wrapped up just to get all caught up on the current events. I'm sure we got more stuff to talk about. We'll probably see you in another month or so. And uh, we'll do something pretty big for the year end that we got coming up. Got a big interview coming up. We'll do a Let's Talk Dubs year in review. We may do a Let's Talk Dubs year in review. And we'll see if we can't get a special guest on here for it. But until next time, George, I'm out of here. I'm out. All right. Later. If you guys like that podcast, make sure you share that podcast with all your friends. Copy the link, send it in a group text message, and annoy your buddies to let them know to get on board and listen to the greatest VW podcast out there. Um, Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. um, And... If you want to support the podcast, go at letstalkdubs.com. go to the store, buy some merch. We got our cool black What's Your VW Story shirts out now. So feel free to go by the website and pick one of those up to support your favorite podcast. I look forward to uh, putting out some more content for you guys, and I promise you guys a really great podcast before this year's over. So we're coming up on a one year celebration of the podcast. So, all my faithful listeners, I appreciate you guys out there. Don't forget to tag us, give us a shout out, follow us on Instagram. And uh, post up some of your Let's Talk Dub stuff. You guys got Let's Talk Dub sticks, st- stickers and all that kind of stuff? Post it up on your Facebook or your Instagram. Tag us in it. We'd love to see that. We'd love to see the Let's Talk Dubs community come out there. And uh, post on our Facebook page. Let us know what you like and let us know what you want to hear and put it on there as a uh, discussion. So, all right, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, see you next week. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon.